You're listening to the Cultural Curriculum Chat, the podcast that specializes in multicultural education and classroom strategies. I'm your host, Jebe Edmonds. Let's get started. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into equity literacy, what it means and how we can continue to be inclusive in our classrooms. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Jebe Edmonds, and welcome to the Cultural Curriculum Chat podcast. I'm an educator, CEO of Jebe Cultural Consulting Business. My passion is to provide you with the multicultural educational resources for individuals like yourself in the space that we are in right now. So let's talk education equity. What is it? And how do we as educators continue to put this work into action? Paul Gorski is a researcher, educator, and a really big advocate for education equity. And he deemed this equity literacy framework. And it's a very compelling framework. It's actionable, lots of great strategies. I used it in my Teaching for Inclusion class this past semester titled Reaching and Teaching Students in Poverty, Strategies for Erasing the Opportunity Gap. Highly recommend this book in your professional learning communities as well as your professional development series. It has really great points about the marginalized groups of students in poverty, as well as it can correlate with all groups of uh, marginalized students in their various different cultural backgrounds. So equity literacy, according to Paul Gorski, is a comprehensive approach for creating and sustaining equitable schools. He also talks about the foundations of this equity literacy framework as a way to, and I quote, deepening the individual and institutional understandings of how equity and inequity operate in organizations and societies. He also goes in turn and says that understanding the individual and institutional knowledge, the skills, and identifying with vigilance, I like that, inequities, will eliminate these inequities and actively cultivating equity. And so in educator terms, human terms per se, he's saying that we need to check and correct the inequities that we see in our school curriculum. He also says that putting that spotlight on those inequities will in turn have the educator empowered to make sure that he or she or they commit to making sure their classroom structure is equitable. When I'm talking about equity, it means that it serves each student to the best of their needs. We want to make sure to keep that in mind. Equity and equality are not deemed the same. So when we're talking about making sure our classrooms are equitable, it means that it is accommodating for all of the students based on their needs. Now, this is going from his equity literacy 
Institute, his framework. And I'm going to just kind of paraphrase here so you get an idea. The ability to even recognize is the first one, the minutia of biases that occur in the classroom and understand that there are oppressive factors that are in place in the school structure as a whole, the institution of education. So talking about noticing these subtle biases and being curious about how school policies and practices do harm to students from different cultural groups and why. Another part he talks about is the ability to respond. First, you're recognizing the biases and the inequities. Now you're going to turn and respond to those biases. And the way you do respond to that. How do you cultivate in his framework students with the ability to analyze bias and foster those conversations with your colleagues about those equity concerns in their schools? A lot of us educators get stuck. We don't know where to begin. We see something, we cringe, we don't know how to say it, but he talks about your ability to respond and the ability to redress those biases and inequities and those oppressive ideologies, you know, with Gorski in this framework about proactively being that advocate for your students and your school organization and how you're going to address the root causes. A lot of us want to make this work. We want to make it stick. We're motivated, Jeb. We want to be more inclusive in our classrooms. But if you are not redressing the proverbial elephant in the room, if you are not being that fierce advocate and calling out the root causes of these educational systems that have been in place and the outcomes that always come into fruition, we're not going to go any further. Also, when we're talking about equity literate educators, the ability to cultivate these equitable environments in our classroom and making sure we are not showing oppressive ideologies in institutional cultures that we are so versed in of what we had learned as young students growing up and how we are fed our biases as well. So prioritizing the interests and needs, according to Gorski, of the students and families whose interests and needs have historically have not been prioritized. You know, a lot of us educators, when we're critical thinkers, when we're coming up with curriculum, when we're rethinking and reimagining that lesson plan, a lot of us stop right here because a lot of us say, hey, we've done this for years. It's a great lesson. I love it. My students love it. But are you asking yourself, educators, who's missing? Whose story is being valued the most? Who has been left out? Or which group has been historically oppressed? And the narrative is continuing that that group is still historically erased in our curriculum. Think about that. Another one to lead with that is to actively sustain a bias-free and equitable and anti-oppressive classroom. 
of course, anti-oppressive school and organizations as well. When you're doing that, according to Gorski, you're going to understand that equity progress often elicits concerns and complaints from people. We have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I've talked about this in this podcast for over a year and a half. And this is the point where you need to sustain keeping this equitable classroom structure, equitable district structure, equitable school organization structure, but you also need to be equipped with having those hard courageous conversations. You need to also learn and research how to model and communicate those types of questions that you would get from parents, that you would get from school leaders, with your colleagues, with your teammates. And also you need to be cautious about strategies that often use equity, but have little to do with equity in mind. So Gorski even challenges us in this sustainability part in his framework to look further into how equitable these strategies, these new methods are, and who are they serving? So when we're talking about making sure to be equitably literate, it doesn't necessarily mean literacy in our English language arts, but to be well-versed in the action of equity in our structures, in our institution of education. So educators, I really am challenging you to take look and read Paul Gorski's Reaching and Teaching Students in Poverty, Strategies for Erasing the Opportunity Gap. Great read. Um, Two things about it that I shared with my students was it was a great read when it talked about the inequities in students in poverty. Um, I wish Mr. Gorski would have done more on the focus on more of the BIPOC and other marginalized groups um, as a focus. Hopefully he's making another addition to talk about reaching and teaching students in various marginalized groups. I will definitely be looking out for that. But I am a big proponent in how he created this equity literacy framework for us educators to understand how to recognize, respond, redress, actively cultivate and to sustain these strategies to make sure our students are in not only inclusive environments, but also equitable to fit all of our students' needs. I want you to write this down with a pencil. When you are looking at your curriculum, even though we're halfway through the school year, I know we are lifelong learners. We are constant self-reflectors. And I want you to write down these three questions for me. So when you are having your next PLC, your professional learning community, I want you to have this in the forefront. Whose stories are being told? Whose stories are missing? And how are the stories valued and believed? This can be in any subject that you are teaching. We want our students to feel represented, but we also want them to be seen and valued 
and believed. That's something that I want to challenge us educators of what we can do to go further. I also want to give you this quote. It's one of my favorite TED Talks. I am a TED Talk fan. I'm putting it out there in the universe. I have been applying to do TED Talks, so I'm hoping that in the next few years I will be on that TED Talk stage. But while I am writing up scripts for that and applying, I want to share with you one of my favorite TED Talk by one of my favorite authors of all time, Miss Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Her TED Talk was called The Danger of a Single Story. I will have a link of that also in the show notes, but my favorite quote that resonated with me when it comes to equity literacy is this, and I quote, to insist on only these negative stories is to flatten my experience and to overlook the many other stories that formed me. The single story creates stereotypes and the problem with stereotypes is not that they are untrue, but that they are incomplete. They make one story become the only story, end quote. I highly recommend before we go to have your school organizations order Paul Gorski's book, Reaching and Teaching Students in Poverty, Strategies for Erasing the Opportunity Gap. And I really want you to, educators, think about having that equitable classroom, having that equitable teacher team. Who's missing? And how are my students' stories valued and believed. I am so happy and grateful that you are listening again to another episode of the Cultural Curriculum Chat. And if you could please do me a favor and share this podcast with anyone you know who is interested in multicultural educational strategies. I am so happy to share with you as many resources as I can find on the subject. And I can't wait for you to listen next week for more. Have a great day and take care. Thanks for listening to Cultural Curriculum Chat with Jebba Edmonds. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. We will be here same time, same place next week. Take care. Bye-bye.